Welcome to Purifying Truths with A Star. My goodness, my goodness, I'm so excited today. I know that you all will be too. We have the pleasure of having Miss Genevieve on with us. For those of you who are not sure who she is, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, but she's a speaker, she's an author, she's a consultant, and she has founded the nonprofit pajama program. Welcome to Purifying Truths, Genevieve. Thank you, Amelia. Wonderful having you on. I'm super, super excited. We're going to dive right in. Let's talk about how you founded the pajama program and what motivated you to do that. Sure, I'd be happy to. And I'm so honored to be here. I know a little bit about your story and I am in your corner. Mm, thank you. So let me answer your question. I was climbing the corporate ladder and always wanted to do that. I wanted to be a, you know, a, a successful woman in a man's world and you know, take, take on my job with gusto and live on my own and just you know, have an exciting life. And that's what I just always thought would be great. And I was doing that, climbing that corporate ladder for about 12 years and I was single and just, you know, workaholic. I was working in television marketing in New York City. And one day, Amelia, in my apartment, a quiet afternoon, I heard a voice in me. And it asked me a question. It asked me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? Mm. And it stopped me cold. I realized that it was my true self because it, there was no other explanation. I, you know, when that happens, you recognize it. Mm-hmm. I started to reevaluate my choices. And, and in that afternoon, the one thing I realized that maybe I hadn't given enough thought to was having a family of my own. I was so busy with my, you know, my goal that I thought I'm going to be alone. And what meaning does my life really have in the career world? Mm-hmm. If I keep going like this and I thought, you know, I want to find a way to bring children into my life. And I started reading in shelters and I'd read them stories at night. Now, these were children who were brought into emergency shelters from um, social workers or police because where they were was a really bad, dangerous place for them. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine, as I did from reading stories in the papers and, and TV news shows and things, that these children were brought in with nothing. The clothes on their back, soiled, frightened. Sometimes there was a mom who was with them because she was running from a horrible situation. But there were all types of dangerous and awful situations that brought those kids there. So when I was reading to them, I could sort of see that they were afraid, certainly. Their clothes didn't fit. Sometimes they were soiled. And I wondered how long have have they been in these clothes? But at the same time, I said, thank God they're safe. So when I saw them go to sleep one day in another room after I read the stories, I saw that they were huddled together, more than one on a surface, a cot or a futon, a single bed. And I had flashes of my mom 
tucking me in with pajamas and stories and kisses and hugs and snacks. Mm-hmm. And these kids were in those clothes that, you know, I don't know how they could sleep comfortably. Some of those clothes were so tight. And I asked if I could bring pajamas next time. And I did. And most of the kids loved them. There was one little girl, though, she was so afraid to come near me and to listen to what I was trying to say to her and to take anything from me. So I was trying to hand her this pair of pink pajamas. And she just kept shaking her head. No, she was afraid. I didn't know why. And I got a little closer and I, I had her touch them. I said, they're so soft. And I think you like pink because your, your top is pink. And she whispered to me, what are pajamas? And that just went through me like a knife in my heart. I just couldn't believe I had to explain to this little little girl who was about six years old what pajamas were. And then I just couldn't get her or any of the other kids who would never know what pajamas were out of my mind. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. That just makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck because certainly I understand. I overstand what you're talking about. And truly, when you volunteer and help those that have less than what you do, it does something that you'll never be able to achieve from the corporate ladder when you are hands on in the trenches helping. And I salute you and thank you for doing so. So you have this foundation. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've been Mm -hmm. researching since I found out about you. But please just share with the audience what the pajama program is. Well, we are a national organization, and we have over 40 chapters around the U.S., and we provide new books and new pajamas to children, good nights or good days. How are they ever going to wake up feeling good or get whatever they have to do, go to school or you know, do anything with any confidence or any self-worth if they haven't slept all night and they're afraid? So mm-hmm. we provide that bedtime, those gifts of pajamas and books to help them feel like somebody cares, feel like, you know, they, they matter and that they have some comfort and it's all, you know, it's all invisible, but they feel it. You know, I, I believe they feel it and and they've told us how excited they are. And sometimes they wear their new pajamas to school. It's just such a precious gift to these children who've never had new things or, or pajamas. So, um, I started by myself and then with my husband, I got married soon after and with friends and I started to tell strangers and everyone had a great reaction like you did, Amelia. Oh, we could we could do something about this. This is this is a small thing. I want to help. I want to help. And we are over seven million new pajamas and books that we've given to children over these 21 years across the U.S. So it takes so many people to make it happen. But people are just compassionate. They've rallied for these children. Amazing. Amazing. I love your heart. I love your heart that you care. You know, many times we overlook the simple things in life. Who would think just having something comfortable to sleep in would make such a big impact? Because we think that's what you're quote unquote supposed to do. But not everyone have the luxuries that we have. You're talking right here in the United States. We don't have to go outside to find those that need the help. Thank you for helping. My goodness. I know you were climbing that corporate ladder and you you had that epiphany. Do you ever miss it? Do you ever want to go back to it? No, never. Everything changed. You know, the people in my world changed. Um, 
the emotion is so high among people. Just like I can feel your heart, it's very different, isn't it, to talk about this than to talk about, you know, marketing or products <laughs> or, you know, a nine to five job in an office, which I know is very different now than it was a couple of years ago. But it's, uh, it's all heart. And so are the people in my world. I lost touch with a lot of the people in corporate America, but a few of my friends are still my friends because they have an understanding of what I'm doing and some of them are supporters. So it's just, it's changed everything. It's, it soon wasn't a job. It was my life. It took over. And I, I always thought that would be so nice not to have to separate your life from your job. You know, that makes it sound like job and work is not what you want to do. You just want to get it done so you can have those few hours up to yourself. But it's a life. It's a 24-hour life. Hmm. Well, many are in the corporate world because they have to make ends meet. They have to feed a family. They have to take care of the bills and such. And so for that entrepreneur or maybe that person that has one foot in and one foot out, what advice do you have for them? Well, I teach and, and I work with people. There are two types of people who, as you say, have one foot in, one foot out. Now, mm -hmm. I'm a jumper. I don't know why I have that gene. Some of us have that gene. You know, I won't ever... Um, skydive. Uh, I won't do any of those physically challenging things, but I will jump off the corporate cliff, you know, and mm -hmm. I did. And then it, it's, it's hard, you know, it's like you're in, in an ocean and you're just trying to stay above water and it's scary, but it's a different scary and that I can manage. For those people who choose to stay with the work that they have, because maybe they really do enjoy it, but there is something that they love. I teach the slide method to slide your purpose into your life. All you need to do is light that flame and give it some breathing room and it will fill you up in all those empty places that the job doesn't. And we need that. We need to feel alive and we need to feel that burning flame, that desire, that passion while jumping off is exciting and is a way for a lot of us to really take hold of our dream and our passion, our purpose, find an income from it. The slide can bring a lot of passion into your life. What the problem is, is when you don't do either and you push it further back on the back burner and mm -hmm. you keep saying, when this happens, I will think about it. When the kids go, go, you know, leave the house, when I finish paying for the college, all those things, that's the sad part. If you don't give it any room to breathe at all, that's the sad part. So a slide or a jump work. Understood. I think I like to test the waters. I put my foot in, take it out. There you go. <laughs> but my full intention is to become out in that ocean. Completely understand what you're saying. And I agree. Whether you're going to do the slide method or you're going to jump, do it. Because there's some things in life that money can't buy. And there's places in our heart that money can't fill. Yeah, so, we've learned a lot, haven't we, in the last couple of years? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Struggles we didn't even imagine. So certainly love what you do. And so when you made your career change, I'm sure it wasn't just smooth sailing. You didn't have a yacht standing by to pick you up. Right. So please share with us some of the obstacles that you overcame and how. Um, I think the biggest obstacle was because I was already in the corporate world, I was embarrassed to tell anyone 
that I was thinking about leaving it after investing so much. And so I didn't tell people. I tried to do this on the side, but it was bigger than anything I could imagine emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I lost my zest and my my excitement about my career. And I think my bosses could tell, my coworkers could tell, and they didn't know why. I would come in with suitcases full of pajamas and say I was going away for the weekend, hide it, you know, and I just didn't tell anyone. That was the first thing. So my job was sort of on the line. Secondly, I didn't ask for help. I was leading like two lives and I was embarrassed to ask, what do I do with this? I was embarrassed to ask an attorney, do I have to do something to make this legal? I was afraid to ask, is there a way I could possibly make this have an income for me? How do nonprofits work? How does an executive director get paid? I tried to just juggle everything and tell no one. That's the number one lesson I teach my clients. And when I speak, I say, gotta share. And that's the whole human connection. I speak about finding and leading with your purpose and the value of the human connection. Because once I started telling people, I got so many answers and people want to help each other. We all want to help. It was just such a mistake to to not say anything to anybody for so long. I find it intriguing that you were embarrassed. I look at you as this powerful woman in this man's world and taking control. And then it was something you loved to do. And yet you you hid it and you were embarrassed. Amelia, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell your listeners a story if it's okay. Yes, please. Quick one. When I first thought, okay, I've got to say something to somebody. I had um, a friend who was a colleague also um, doing very well in the corporate world, not in my business. She didn't know my bosses, so I didn't want to just tell anybody who knew my bosses. But I figured, okay, this is a good test. Let me talk to her. Let's have a drink and let me tell her and see. And maybe she'll want to help me, you know? Mm -hmm. I was nervous because I was rehearsing what I was going to say. And what I... It sounded ridiculous even to me. I'm, I'm thinking about quitting my job and leaving the corporate world, and I want to give pajamas to kids. And I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I don't have any answers, but that's what I want to do. Every time I said that to myself, I said, oh, my gosh, what a, that's a horrible. I don't even have any answers for any questions. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. I'm not a saver, so I don't even have a lot of money to say I could even pay my mortgage for a couple of months. So I said, all right, let me just do it. So that's exactly how it came out to her. I said what I said to you. I'm thinking about leaving my corporate job. This is what happened. I met this little girl in the shelter. I, I can't stop thinking about her. I'm bringing pajamas to all these kids. So I'm thinking about quitting and finding a way to make this work. And she said, are you kidding me? Mm. She said, how are you ever going to pay your mortgage? Why would you do that? You've spent 12 years. You're so smart. You've done so well. Why don't you just do that like on Saturday? And it just, it hurt me, Amelia, because... I felt that little girl. To me, this was a no, no-brainer. I had to do this even if I starved. And she didn't even care. Like She didn't even say, oh, that's nice. She was like confused. Like, why would I ever switch mm-hmm. what I was doing for this, you know, this little girl's emotion and all the other kids? So I felt so bad. And I had no answers when she kept like like bullets firing questions at me. How are you going to pay for this? Do, do you even know anything about that? How many kids? You're not giving them a house. How, are you really helping them? And I had no answers because I didn't ask anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. So that that really made me sort of retreat back into my shell for a little while. That's why I say 
I was embarrassed because I wasn't prepared because I hadn't talked to anybody. And I let her just hurt me like that Mm -hmm. until I got my courage back up. Words are so powerful. And whose opinions that we allow to come in and invade us matters. We have to make sure that we keep our guard up and know what we know. Because again, I see you as such a powerful woman. And to know that you let someone push you back, that inspires me. This happens to all of us. And so I'm so grateful. I found out that later. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so grateful you didn't stay there, but you peeked your head out that shell again. And this time you did get the help. And so for those of us that are maybe thinking about having a nonprofit, we don't go that route because we're thinking, you know, like you said, got to pay the mortgage, got to pay this, got to pay that. Why would you do a nonprofit and how would you go about doing it? Because many times we think of nonprofit as no income. Right. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, could I have made more in the corporate world? Absolutely. Do I have any regrets? Not one. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a really, a really good reason why you're connected to this nonprofit. Most people who start nonprofits do. Somebody in their family has been affected or you see something like I did or you know you are of a calling to something so a lot of nonprofit founders have a personal connection and that usually lasts a lifetime so that number one there are professionals that can guide you from day one attorneys a, a CPA that works with nonprofits they can help you figure out show you how you can take an income slowly at first, what the procedures are, how to get a 501c3. So when you ask someone for a grant or donation, they will get the tax information and you are protected by the IRS. So there are lots of different professionals that you can get information from. It goes from there, volunteers, If you're going to slide something, you're going to do a nonprofit on the side, then maybe you don't have to worry so much about the money fundraising because that's a sticky subject for a lot of people, including me at the beginning. I had to learn. Mm -hmm. So it depends on your situation after that. But the attorney, the accountant, your passion, that's key. Those are the three things that you need to have at first to get the information to decide how far you want to go. The fact that you clarify nonprofit does not mean no money. So please understand, follow your heart, do what makes you tick. And I love that you did that. And so, so many are now sleeping knowing that someone cares and their mornings are better. You are changing the world. Thank you, Genevieve. Oh, well, it takes a lot of people. If it was just me, i say I'd be Santa Claus. So I always say, I, I used to think it was the power of one that changed things, but I've learned it's not the power of one that changes things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And that's, and that's key. Love that. Oh my goodness. That's what I too believe. I say together we shine brighter, but I believe the yes. message is the same. Yes. <laughs> talk about purpose. I understand you had this voice. We don't all have a voice. So what do you, or we don't all hear a voice, I guess I should say. What would you say that one could do to find out what their purpose is for those that don't know? Sure. Well, I put it on my blog. If anybody goes to my website, GenevievePetero.com and my blog, 
think it's the last blog I did a couple of months ago because I put on a summit, Find Your Purpose Summit. And mm-hmm. I wrote it up. So it starts with giving yourself 90 minutes of alone time in a quiet place and a pad of paper and a pen, not a computer. And you can have a glass of wine, you can have a cup of green tea, cookies, whatever you want, as long as it is you alone for 90 minutes. And you start to write down all the things that you love to do in no particular order. And you narrow it down. And there's a very specific formula that I give in the blog. By the end of the exercise, you'll have at least three things that you feel. And this exercise is about feeling yourself, feeling your emotion, feeling in your gut, in your heart, listening to your heart voice, which will speak to you. And you will notice the difference between I love to teach and I love to play guitar. You will feel when something touches your heart. And so it's it's going in and doing the exercise as I explain. And when you get those three things, it's a matter of spending an hour a week on one and then an hour a week on the other and an hour a week on the other immersed in that subject. So you can either volunteer, you can talk to people, you can go, you can be part of it. But I give it a detailed exercise. You will know. Most people have a good idea of what they think their purpose is. Most people are stopped because they don't know how to make it bigger than, oh, I just like to sing. I don't know how I ever could do it. I don't know how I would ever make money. I don't sing, you know, like so-and-so. It's not always about making money first. It's about expressing your passion, your purpose, because there's so many people who say they like to sing. They want to be in that world. They want to sing. But if they're not the best singer in the world, they can still find work in that arena and be very fulfilled with a job that is related to that rather than being in a job that's uh, an accountant or being a job in, you know, mm-hmm. as an engineer. And people just think, oh, I, I can't be a famous singer. So they don't even try to be in that world. But that's a mistake. You can be in that world and you can sing and feel like you're, you know, it's, it's your voice, as we say, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's out there. I totally agree. I never thought of an hour and a half alone. Certainly, we all have purpose. And for those that don't know it, it's vital that you find out what it is. Because I believe the way that Les Brown says it is that you want to die empty. You don't want to mm-hmm. die with your gifts and your dreams. You want to yeah. share those with the world. And so I see how you are inspiring and helping so many. And I applaud you because I know that it's possible for me. Now, I have not been in that uh, 12-year corporate, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we all have dreams. We all have things that we want to do that we let fear and embarrassment keep us from doing. So from what I get from you today, have the faith, the courage, Do it and ask for help along the way and you'll be successful. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, I would like you, please, you gave us a little tidbit about your blog, but share with us, how can the audience connect with you? How can we get to know what you're doing? Where can they reach out at? Um, They can certainly write to me on my website, GenevevePituro.com. 
They can find I'm me there. Interrupt, please. Yes. For those that are like me, <laughs> will you uh-huh. please spell your last yes, name yes. out so we don't have anyone looking for you that can't reach you? Sure, sure. Um, well, my email is Jen G E N at the name of my website, which is genevievepituro.com, spelled G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-P-I-T-U-R-R-O.com. And now I do speak and and I wrote a book and I consult because after 20 years of being both founder and executive director, I said, you know what? I want to be the founder moving forward because I have been asked so many times to speak about purpose and to consult and work with people and companies who want to lead with purpose. And I don't want to sit at the desk. I want to tell our story. So I asked if we could sort of pass the baton of the executive directorship to someone and our one of our presidents of our board wanted to be the next executive director. So she's fabulous. So now that's why I speak and I help people find purpose telling our story. You didn't just get to the top. You continue to evolve. You know, you're not being stagnant. That you're continuing to grow even after accomplishing so very much. And I understand it's you and a team, but it was you that heard the voice. You gave us your website. Any social media handles, anything else where the audience can reach out to you? It's all on GenevievePatero.com. I would love for you to tell me how you heard. And if I can help, we'll set up a time to just chat. Well, anything you have in the pipeline that's coming up in the very near future that you'd like to share? Um, Well, I speak more and more now in person. So that's on the website under speaking. My book is on the website. That's what I'm doing now because speaking in purpose is happening again. So I've done a few, I have a few more coming up and that's what I'm really excited about. Yes, yes, yes. Now, please tell us the title of your book. Sure. Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. Aw, Purpose, <laughs> Passion, and Pajamas. It just warms my heart. Um, oh, my goodness. So for everyone that goes out and gets the book, please, please, please support, support, support. Obviously, you know this is going to a good cause. Also, let's give Genevieve her flowers. Make sure you write a review. Every author loves to know what you thought about their work. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. It has been such an honor to have you on Purifying Truth. I am truly humbled. Hopefully you'll come again and again and again, but it is certainly a pleasure to have you on today. Oh, thank you, Amelia. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. You too can connect with A-Star. Instagram and Facebook at Facets of the Star. Tune in every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for exciting new guests who illuminate the world.